interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Due to unforeseen circumstances, Marcy died. Not really. <laughs> we are bringing you a different episode. Idaho Part 2 will be next week. This week, bitches, you get a solo anti-pants yet again. So we're going to add this into the um, awkward files. <laughs> yep. Every solo one will be known as the awkward files because I, Kira Anti-Pants, thanks for listening, by the way, am here solo all by my lonesome. So, you know, we're going to delve into the world of things according to anti-pants. <laughs> Since we're taking a break, because part two of Idaho is strictly Marcy territory, I am going to cover something else. So I'm going to interrupt that and prolong it. One more week, unidentified flying Angela. You will get your second one in one week. Till now, we're going to talk about something that every Utahan in the northern part of Utah has to deal with. Be it good or bad, depending on your take. Because tis the season for what? What is here? I'm sure some of you know, or if you've been watching the news, our annual every prissy self-entitled actor, director, and blah, blah, blah. Not all of you. Some of you are actually really cool because I've worked the field. Some of y'all are cool, but the rest of you are annoying bitches. (laughs) Sundance, (laughs) the Sundance Film Festival. (laughs) Good thing they don't sponsor us. Yeah, they would pull that real fast. <laughs> you should, you know, <laughs> just say Yep, so we're going to, I am going to delve into Sundance Film Festival. It's real hard because, you know, everything has controversy, especially big things, with people that run it that have deep pockets, <laughs> you know, lot easier to hide things when you have deep pockets or power but we found a few things and you know in true anti-pants fashion I wanted to find those controversial things and talk about them because why not so with the help of Phantom of the Track because this was very last minute (laughs) like yesterday (laughs) because Marcy got into a fight with some local vegetation and the vegetation (laughs) almost murdered her by that i mean she ate something or did she it ate her and now she is vegetation waste (laughs) get better marcy we'll see you next week for part two of idaho but till then sundance the controversy perhaps maybe Ooh, that gives me another idea for one. We should do haunted movie sets because I have worked on some. Yeah. Oh, in case y'all didn't know, which most of you don't because we're getting more and more listeners and you guys don't personally know me anymore. But you may have heard on any of our episodes when it's brought up. I do special effects makeup on the side and I have done some movies and a few of them, I believe have been entered into some film festivals. The other ones, I don't know if they ever got finished. 
either way, doing special effects makeup for movies is super, super fun. <laughs> Very messy when you get real bloody, though. That was a good one. We'll discuss that another day. Sundance Film Festival. 801 Horror Cult's coming for you. By that I mean Kira Anta Pants, The Awkward Files. Dun, dun, dun. So, what are your thoughts on the Sundance Film Festival? Be it if you live here or not, I know all of us that live here have a whole other take, which I'll kind of go over. But I personally, you know, being from Utah, growing up, you know, sometimes if you're into the whole celebrity thing, it's kind of fun to go there and celebrity watch when you have nothing else to do in your life. You know, that's fine and dandy. Or or like when we were teenagers, that's how we came across Debbie Harry. My friend and I went up there during um, Sundance one time and Blondie was playing at Harry's and we were not 21 <laughs> and, I, and we loved the Blondie. So... We just, you know, camped out right in front of Harry's. And that is how I met Debbie Harry, who also has a big noggin. She's a part of the big noggin club and she is beautiful and she will always be beautiful. She's actually one of my idols. I would love to look as good as her when I am old. That will be weird. Will, will my head look like a deflated ble bleach ball? <laughs> a deflated beach ball? Who knows? It's really big. But goes with my man's shoulders, so, you know, at least it complements each other real well. I was put together in a really terrible fashion. Thanks, DNA. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, what are your thoughts? Have any of you ever been to one of the movie viewings there? Um, there are some cool stuff that does come out of there, I do admit. But it's very, very pretentious there too and expensive park city in general since it's a ski resort town anyways pricey and then you add all the the fancy people that you know can afford to live up there and make it even more expensive because it's elusive you know so everyone that has a bazillion dollars can just go and hang out and be like i got a million dollars i'm going to start a tequila business Mrah. I like to ski on minks that are still alive because I have tiny feet. Wouldn't that be weird if they really did that? Anyways, I am going on so many tangents already and I am by myself. Yes, I have not seen a movie there, but I want to at some point, but it's always too busy. You know, the drive there is like 45 minutes and it's in the shitty snow. And no one wants to drive through Parley's Canyon in the snow unless you're crazy. So I don't go there very much. Did go there one time with some friends because a friend's band was playing during Sundance. So yeah, that was weird. We ended up just getting drunk because I think we missed their set. <laughs> it was fun though. <laughs> yeah. And then there was like this actress who was like snobby as hell. Should I put her name on blast? No, I'll just say that, you know, she is in the show, um, The Bee from Apartment 23 and in other shows too, you might know who that is, but yeah, she wasn't very nice and she thought the world just groveled at her feet. They didn't, no one gave a fuck, 
<laughs> so, you know, I have RBF. I don't think she suffers from just RBF. I think she's just a dick. And yeah, wasn't impressed. But there are cool people that go there. Like, guess what? My man, my crush, my Aquaman, Mr. Jason Momoa, he's in town for Sundance. Oh, yeah. Jason Momoa, if you ever, ever listen to this, which you won't, but if you do, by that some off miracle that the universe loves me, would you be on our show? You know, that'd be pretty cool. You know, you could just breathe into the mic one time from wherever you're at and just record that one breathing. You could burp or fart. That's fine. I don't care. You could make a weird monkey noise. You know, how cool would that be? Yeah, we'd get some good clout that way. <laughs> we'd have to prove it, though. <laughs> Anyways, I love you, Jason Mamaw. If you were of Silver Fox Age... Fox Age? If you were of Silver Fox Age, you would be a Silver Fox, but not quite yet. So that just means a little later down down the line, you can um, be our Silver Fox. Till then, I got another hot Silver Fox today. And I got to pick it, and it's a musician because Marcy's not here. Oh! Just kidding. We'll pick more musicians because we're running out of Silver Fox celebrities that we find adorable. (laughs) That aren't insanely old. That are beyond the Silver Fox. They're more like a skeletal fox. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite go to the skeletal fox era. We're going to just plateau and stick in the Silver Fox era. Okay. Well, Sundance. Hi. Welcome back to another year. Only this is the first year that you guys get to do everything in person again because of the Omicron variant. Kind of stopped that so you guys had to do just online Sundance stuff for the last, I think, year or two. But yeah. So now everyone's flocking back to good old Park City. (laughs) Hello, my friends that live in Park City. Hi. I may work with one of you or a few. So, yeah. Hello. See you tomorrow. Work. (laughs) Anyways. All right. So, I'm going to give you guys a little history for those of you who either are not familiar with Park Park City. Jesus Christ. I can make a drinking game of this every time Kira says Park City, whether she means to or not. Take a drink of whatever drink you have in front of you. It could be booze. It could be aquarium water. It could be actual water from your drinking cup that you should be drinking because y'all need to drink a lot of water every day to stay hydrated. It could be Sprite Zero if you're Marcy or it could be tea or all the coffee in the world if you're anti-pants. That's me. So yeah, take a drink. So that's a dr- that's our drinking game for the day. Every time I say Park City, which I just did, take a drink. Okay, so the history of Sundance. It's not that fruitful, but, you know, there is some information there. And, you know, before we get into the fun, controversial stuff, let's, you know, we got to cover our bases. To know anything great in history or for a career or anything, you always need to learn the basis. And then you can build upon the base, be it good or bad. Even with band, when you're making music, I personally like the baseline before anything else. Is it because, you know, we grew up playing the bass? Maybe. Is it because just bass is badass? Absolutely. 
Some say the drums are most important. Some say, you know, they start with lyrics first, which that's kind of weird because then you have to fit it in better to the music. So I don't know. You know, whatever you feel, musicians, you do you. Everyone is different and that's what makes us all great. (laughs) Speaking of different, let's get into the history of Sundance, shall we? As I dramatically turn into my sexy pose that I can't flirt with Marcy with. Sad. So if you would like me to give you some flirty eyes while sitting in the sexy people pose, message me. I'll send you a picture for ninety nine ninety nine. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So the film festival began in September-ish. A few sources that I looked at did say August, but everywhere else said September. So I'm going with September-ish. <laughs> so either way, it covers the basis. So in September-ish of 1978, that's when some of you were probably born. I did not exist yet, not even by a lot. (laughs) So it came about in September-ish, 1978, in Salt Lake City, Utah. And originally it was not called the Sundance Film Festival, which I will educate you on in a bit, but... It was originally called the Utah slash U.S. or United States Film Festival. So it was an idea brought by the Utah Film Commission to promote independent film and bring the state to the attention of filmmakers. Why? Not only do we have beautiful places here, which is why everyone's moving here, and why it's in so many movies now, but because it's gorgeous and it was cheap to film movies here. So a lot of movies that you're not even aware of was actually shot here or had a lot of the scenes were shot here. So that's kind of cool. You know, I grew up, my dad was in some movies, like Disney Channel movies. (laughs) I think I briefly covered this before, but yeah, he was in some movies. I did special effects for some movies. I have friends that did regular makeup for movies. I think Marcy's done some movies or at least Marcy's done like commercials and TV We've both done photo shoots. Yeah, we we should cover, you know, haunted photo shoot locations we've been on and stuff. Uh, I did make a for a haunted house as well. You know, gotta make people look bloody. So the Utah Film Commission wanted to promote Utah. You know, brings us a lot of income too to help pay for, you know, the never-ending road fixing that they always have to do every year at the most inconvenient times. And then the whole rest of the year, it's not done. It's only half done. Why is that road, people? Why? There's so many orange barrels everywhere I see. Orange barrels staring back at me. (laughs) Have you guys heard that song? It's pretty funny. If you haven't, give it the Googles. Okay, so here are the players that started this whole um, Sundance or before Sundance, the Utah slash United States Film Festival. Um, So the first one was a BYU film school grad who now is a convicted diddler, which I will get into. Um, Sterling Van, I can't say his last name, so we'll go... Wagnin, we're gonna call him Stirring Van Diddler. That's 
that's the name. If you really want to see his name, you can just look up the history of Sundance Film Festival. His name's everywhere. And then his child abuse diddling convictions everywhere, too. So, you know, there's that. So we will cover that. But So he, along with John Earl and Serena Hampton... Catania? I don't know. We know I can't say names. We know this. This is a fact. It's science that my feeble brain can't pronounce names ever. (laughs) But yeah, so those are three of the key players. They are from the um, Utah State Film Commissions. And last, but certainly not least, and the most popular that started this all, and his name's on everything, Though it's not just him, but you know, you know how that is. You have one figured head that gets all the attention and fame. And lesser to that everyone else around that all makes this possible. Mr. Robert Redford, who actually lived here. (laughs) But yes. So, those are our key players in the making of the Sundance Film Festival. And um, the very first one... And I, being that I am a Utahn, when I read how they wrote this, it was real weird because we don't say that. So the first one was, and this is what all the reports and articles I have read said. It was at Trolley Corners. Who the fuck calls it Trolley Corners? I'm sorry. And maybe it was that then and then they changed it. But everyone calls it Trolley Square. Oh. Sigh there. That was slightly a burp, slightly a yawn because of the hobbit keeping me up. But yeah, Trolley Corners is what all the articles say. But us Utahns call it Trolley Square. Again, I don't know if in a previous life it was Trolley Corners, but... That sounds weird because we all we know is Trolley Square, which actually that is the one place where we had a crazy ass active shooter. I think I was in like junior high, somewhere like that, junior high or maybe early high school. I don't know, somewhere around there a million years ago. Um, we had an active shooter. I think he was, what was his name? I'll look it up because we're going to do an episode on him. But yeah, he shot a lot of people in Trolley Square. That was like crazy. It wasn't too long after Columbine too, I think somewhere in that era I mean I know there's active school shooters all the time now it's like a ridiculous trend that should never have happened but um yeah so that's actually the place where that huge mass shooting was because because of him and we will do an episode on that because the psychology you know is always fascinating when you have someone that has been bullied to the point where that's the only way that they can get retribution for being treated like shit is to kill people. Innocent people, too. Like, I'm not that I condone it at all, but I mean, if you at least shoot the people that are being assholes to you, I can see that in a way, in a twisted, weird way. I don't agree with it at all, so don't come at me. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's cool, but you can see the justification in that of where... Again, then that's go after those people. You don't go after innocent people. I mean, you shouldn't go after even the bullies. 
That's not cool. You know there's ways that you can get them. Plus, later on in life, bullies are going to become fat, gross weirdos that have really terrible jobs and they hate their lives. <laughs> so, you know, your life may suck now and everyone picks on you now. But you know what? Fuck them. I know it's easier said than done. We've all been there. Because <laughs> we've all been weirdos growing up. At least if you listen to this, you are not the bully. You have been bullied. <laughs> but... You will make it in life. They're not going to. They don't. So just hold out. You're going to get the biggest laugh of them all later on in life. When you're doing great and they hate themselves. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, side tangent. Trolley, square, mass shooting. Or sh- happened there. But anyways. So, back to Sundance history. Learnings. <laughs> and stuff science. You know what I haven't said in a hot minute? Can you guess? Park City. Oh, time to drink again. So, upon the first conclusion of the very first um, Utah United States Film Festival, it was okay. Nothing super major, but you know, everything great takes momento and you've got to start somewhere. So, you know, Gradual. You gradually make it. It's not. Unless you're somehow lucky, it's not overnight. This this film festival clearly wasn't, and I had no idea, and I lived here. Fuck a duck, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, I was like, meh, it was okay. Um, but they wanted to, to, like, explore options. So, there was this one fancy lady who was real smart, and she was like, why don't you move the venue and the time of year that you do it to Park City? Everyone take a drink. <laughs> Leave it to me to make a drinking game out of this episode. <laughs> You're welcome. So, the name of this lady who had the perfect thought to move it to Park City. Take a drink. Um, her name is Sydney Pollock. I can pronounce that one. Thank you very much for having an easy to pronounce name, Sydney. (laughs) She quote unquote said, you'd be the only film festival in the world held in a ski resort during ski season and Hollywood would beat down the door to attend. It took a long time, but eventually they got there. They're on their way again. They're just building memento you gotta start somewhere you gotta start with a few people you gotta start with only so many films you gotta build up boom boom just like if you're in a band gotta start somewhere you gotta practice your shit yeah because we don't like those bands that boast that they're so great and amazing and they suck because they've hardly played i'm coming at you sucky bands you heard me there's a lot of you in utah too so you know practice do your shit okay Thanks. From a music fan to another. Practice. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, you got to build it up. So in January of 1981, it has returned. But to where? Get your drink ready to Park City. So now it's in Park City. Oh, double whammy. You're welcome. Park City, Park City. I just want you all to be hydrated. That's all. So it's in its new home now of where? Park City. Um, With that, 
um, it, they decided that will be its permanent home. But along the way, there was a lot of doubt that that would be the permanent place and that they might have to move it back to Salt Lake City. They didn't, but throughout the whole beginning, it fluctuated in their brains. <laughs> so, um, they now had two theaters, which was the Egyptian and the Holiday Village Cinemas, to present their films. All right. So on that first one, there was a huge snowfall, which when it snows in Park City, it fucking snows, which is crazy that they have it in January. Although lately the snow hasn't been like it used to be back back in the day when I was a child. God, I sound old. I feel like I'm old. Storms. You hearing me? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so with that big massive snowfall that Park City always gets, only was probably way worse back then, that kind of affected the attendance for that year. Because first and foremost, at least if you have that strong, solid fan base, you're going to get those crazies that are like, fuck yeah, I'm going no matter what. Even though I'm in a, driving a bug and my brakes are wearing out, but I need to go see this celebrity or I need to go see this film by this director that only 20 people know about. So I need to go support the indies. <laughs> you know, you don't have that yet. So they're just like, okay, that's cool. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. Whatever. <laughs> Wonder how the snowplow situation was back then, back in the early 80s. I don't know because I still wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah even with the snowfall it did okay nothing major they still were like losing money like crazy because it can't be cheap especially moving to park city i don't care how many backers you have now we are going to still only tease you about the child diddler Sterling Van Now Diddler, you know, one of the BYU film student grad who's like, oh, I'm so great. So great going to BYU and completing my filming schooling. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about him a little bit. Not the fun, like, juicy gossip stuff, but. So he left early on the Sundance thing after they first started it to... Well, at the time, it was the Utah slash U.S. Film Festival, which does not roll off the tongue, people. So I'm so glad they changed it. <laughs> but he moved um, to be a part of the Sundance Film Institute. So that's where all the indies are making, you know, their films and whatnot. Um, and they were having a hard time finding theaters to show the film's that all the students were making and you know now Sundance but at the time the Utah slash US Film Festival needed films to show love to you know so eventually they decided to as I quote the Spice Girls 
when two become one. So that's when um, the Sundance Film Institute and the Utah U.S. Film Festival joined in holy, pretentious matrimony and creativity would run rampant from there on out. And that where you will get channels upon channels of films that only some of you will enjoy watching because some are also really boring but you know artistic expression what would be great for one person is not always going to be great for the other like those was it 824 or 424 films the one that did lamb yeah you guys weird as hell movies though there are some i still want to see that you did but if it's going to be weird like lamb i just i don't know if i can do it so weird. <laughs> yeah. So they they joined in holy matrimony for all of the filming institutions and festivities. They didn't change their name quite yet still to the Sundance Film Festival until uh I believe it was after the 1991 festival that they had. Then following that, at some point, they changed their name to the Sundance Film Festival. Which is crazy, because I never knew that. I always thought it was just the Sundance Film Festival. I didn't know that it was brought about in wedded bliss <laughs> of two struggling things <laughs> that now support each other like a marriage. <laughs> sure one of them well actually in both ways because he started in the utah film institute thing but or the utah film festival thing he started there and then went over so you know we got that diddler there but you know that's something we're gonna cover we're gonna get to that it's fine so they still were doing okay you know still nothing big and at this point i i had no idea i was like when are they going to be big as hell? Because you always heard it all amped up, at least in Utah growing up. Like, oh, Sundance, January. Oh, my God. Man. Sundance, Sundance, Sundance. Blah, blah, blah. Only half the people care here. <laughs> the others are celebrity chasers or actually truly are in it for the film. Because, you know, you got to support those films. I totally love independent films because some of the best awful work is from some of those places. So it has its place. Um, yeah, I'm saying I'm um all the time since Marcy's not here. It's because I miss you, boo. I miss you, Marcy. <laughs> so it still struggled. Uh, and they were talking, like I mentioned earlier, about moving it back to Salt Lake. But get ready to take a drink. But Park City, take a drink, was like, fuck you, Salt Lake. This is ours. We will keep it at any cost. <laughs> it's like they were defending their territory. Because that's their bitch. Because they saw. In the long haul, it's going to be worth it. But what if it wasn't and they still crashed? And they just still weren't making money? Then would you be so prideful there, Park City? Take a drink. Who knows? <laughs> So anyways, after they did some tweaking for programming and whatnot, you know, see what they can adjust because everything that's new and up and coming and as you're building the momentum, you have to tweak things all the time. 
so you can get a better audience and cater to more individuals, be it interests or actually holding people, you know. It takes time. So between those tweakings and a brand new theater that they added in 1998, that began to help also. So apparently, and this is a big thing back then, you know, back when there was phone lines and not cell phone towers, (laughs) the phone lines were really shitty up in Park City, rightfully so, because it's, you know, there to get away from things because you're in the mountains, you want to enjoy nature, you want to go skiing, you want to go hiking, swimming, getting eaten by a black bear, it's fine, or trampled to death by a moose, you know, but either way, one of those mostly, you know, it's the cougars you need to worry about, I would imagine more than the black bears, that's more southern Utah, we do have them there, yes, but because I had my experience in southern Utah, I'm gonna say they're more plentiful there. Which we know it's not the case. We got black bears everywhere. There's moose everywhere. There's Bigfoot only in the Uintas not wanting me to find it ever. And then, you know, cougars. Cougars you see everywhere in Utah. (laughs) BYU, you were onto something when you had the cougars picked out as your mascot. Because, whew, everywhere. You guys are sneaky bastards. Oh, and that ties it in because Sterling Von Diddler child man, you know, went to BYU. Not looking very good for you, BYU. You have a lot of terrible people that do terrible things coming and graduating from your school. Not to rag on those good people from there, because there's a lot of good people that come from there too, but I'm picking on all the shitty ones. Yeah, you know who you are. Oh yeah, so they improved the phone lines as well. (laughs) I forgot where it was. Yeah, so now, you know, That will bring in more people, too, because you need to get in contact. And not only that, I can imagine that also, because you didn't have the internet back then, you know, so it's harder to get the word out about films and whatnot, like there is now. Probably needed your phone, so then you could call the editors of whatever it is you're covering, because you're in a fancy newspaper business, because back then, that's what it was. Because let's be real, the internet didn't come around till what, 94, 95? Somewhere around then. And we're not even there yet. We're in 91. Oh no, we're in 98 now. Just kidding. They had to have better lines because the internet now. Yeah. Kara only half knows what she's saying. (laughs) Now it's a big fancy pants festival that most Utahns only slightly care about because it's all overpriced and the celeb chasers await to get a glimpse of their favorite celebrities. So, you know, you have that. I don't know if they have as many concerts as they used to, and I don't even know if Harry Eels is still around. They probably have some other form of venue now up there, but yeah, it, if you weren't going there to be a celebrity chaser or to see a movie, you were going there for the concerts that it would bring, and that's the part that I loved about Sundance is the music is the musicians who's gonna play this year at Sundance that I couldn't get into because I wasn't of age (laughs) yeah Snoop (laughs) you too man you and Blondie those are the only two I wanted to ever see up there and I was too young too young It's okay. You guys are going to be on my playlist and I'm going to pretend like I saw you at Harry's. I got you. (laughs) Okay. So 
they now have, um, yeah, so now it's big, fancy, wrapping up, you know, the history of this. Fun facts, though, that I had no idea about as well until I researched this. So there was a few Sundance spinoffs. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, just because it wasn't successful enough, they had to do a few spinoffs to maybe think that it could encourage it somewhere else, I guess. But, you know, you don't have the resort, so it's not quite the same thing. It, so it's kind of weird. But they had a Sundance in London. At Sundance Hong Kong. So that's pretty cool. So you got the two. You got all of Europe. And then you have Asia. So you can have some Sundance fun in there. I wonder if they're at resorts. I only half looked because I was bored with the history. <laughs> I want the murder. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also Sundance at BMA. Um, but that only went from 2006 to 2008. Yep. So there's some some history on Sundance. You probably all didn't even need to know. But there you go. I dished it. Guess what? Park City. Take a drink. Take a drink. I'm going to drink me some jasmine tea. Okay. So, should we just go into the diddling? The child diddling accusation? Sure. Why not? And then I have a few other stories of controversial things surrounded by Sundance. Which, again, real hard to find. Is it because you guys just have all that money and power that you can easily hide things? Because you don't want it to taint the name of Sundance. But you know any publicity is good publicity. Because even if it's for bad nefarious reasons. You're still going to get people going. Hmm tell me more. And then they deep dive and find something cool they like about it. And then they just get stuck in there. So see that's why bad publicity is good publicity. To a point I think it can get a little too far. And then <laughs> then you have reached your limit. So I think that's like half accurate. <laughs> All right. So Mr. Sterling Van Diddler, because I can't pronounce his last name. And if you Google him, you'll be like, what the hell, Kira? Why could you not pronounce his last name? Because it's my thing. Okay. It's perfectly normal for many people to not be able to pronounce people's weird ass last names okay or first names you know I just give you nicknames because that's what I can remember and that's what I can pronounce you're welcome <laughs> so Mr. Sterling Van Chowdiddler uh, was charged with sexual abuse uh, apparently he was charged with a felony for aggravated sexual abuse by the Salt Lake City District Attorney's Office. This beach was charged April 2nd of 2019. Um, he was accused of sexual abuse with a seven-year-old child in 2013. All the way up through the end of 2015. According to the court documents cited by the Salt Lake City Tribune. Um, yeah, so this is what happened. In my studying of it. So, it, the victims allegedly said that it happened at a sleepover. And, yeah. So, 
guess what? He's Mormon. Yeah. He, after getting... Getting hit with these charges, the Mormon church was like, oh, nope, hell no. We are not associated with him. And also, here's how ridiculous you are. Even Sundance Film Festival doesn't even want to claim you. (laughs) This is from the Variety.com article on it. Because even this is really hard to find. Like, it says that, you know, he did shit, but... It's super hard to find. So, the Sundance Institute issued a statement saying, Recent reports in the press have made us aware of allegations of sexual abuse by Sterling Van Diddler, which I created the Diddler part, okay, um, who played a role in founding both the festival and the Institute. The Institute said, (laughs) He has no current connection either to either entity and hasn't since he left our Utah advisory board in 1993 Sundance Institute categorically denounces his behavior as described in recent reports and we stand in solidarity with those whose brave truth-telling shines light on abusive behavior which that part's cool so basically they're not claiming him no one's claiming him they're like he's been gone for over 20 10 years, 20 years, however many years. Yeah, so they don't like him either. They're like, you're a diddler, you're gross. We do documentaries on you. Ew. (laughs) So I want to see a documentary on his ass and put that in Sundance. How funny would that be? Maybe I should do it. Yeah, be great. So so yeah, he, um, (laughs) his... Bond was posted for $7,500 to be put on bail on April 2nd of 2019. So this happened in 2019. So it's fairly recent. (laughs) Not his activity with the Sundance connections, but him being a diddler, you know. Yeah. So he had to resign from the film, from being a film professor in March of that year. From the U of U, after allegedly admitting in a record in a recording to molesting a minor in 1993, so you know he did more than just one diddling. Uh, the recording was released to the public by the Truth and Transparent Transparency Transparency <laughs> Foundation, which operates the Mormon Leaks platform for whistleblowers within the Church of. Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Ooh, spicy. I'm going to do an episode on that. You know, with all these, like, organized religions, be it cult-like or, you know, whatever, you're all pretty much cult-like. It's treat people like a good person. Treat them how you want to be treated. You want to be an asshole? You want to be treated like an asshole. You know, that's all it is. That's behind every religion. Just be, don't be an asshole. (laughs) But yeah, that sounds spicy. I want to check out that foundation. Ooh, we could have some good stories that way. But yeah, and um, one of the documents that the girl allegedly told her parent, you know, that she was inappropriately touched two different times. Two. So that was, what, 2013 through 2015. And then on top of that, 
There was another allegation in 93? Bro. And you need to see what he looks like. He's very basic. And he's real creepy looking. You know, he definitely looks like your stereotype Mormon. Dum, 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 dum. So there's, there's number one for our controversy within Sundance. Alright, so this one. Um, the Phantom found for me an article on, I can't find where, what site it's on, but we'll, if you would like to know, we'll post it. I'll actually try and find the link so I can just link it. I'll link these articles so you guys can read them in depth, but, um, <laughs> there's basically an, there's an argument and this was in 2000 and what? 2012, I believe, or somewhere around there. So this isn't any time recent, but one of the independent filmmakers by the name of Daryl <laughs> Abinati, something like that, um, he had to make an argument um, and release a statement saying that he is suing Sundance on allegations that the festival is accepting submissions from filmmakers with no possibility of evaluating each film as contracted due to the immense enormity of a task that is not humanly possible in the limited time frame prior to the festival. That's legit. Um, basically, just going on about how the film festivals, it's growing. It's ever so growing in the tiny little Mormon town. And yeah, so they're not giving the appropriate things to actually look at the submissions and stuff, apparently. Okay, so this is more things that he was saying. So, in my opinion, this is quote-unquote from Daryl Abenati, or however you say his name. In my opinion, the Sundance Film Festival has grown so large that it is now out of control, quoting, and cannot possibly evaluate every single prepaid film submission it receives. Which is a fair point because if you're paying, because I know there was like a few, like where there was that medieval zombie one and whatnot that was going to be in there. Yeah, you pay for it because you're trying to get your name out there. So it's not like they're just like, hey, this is free. Give us your shit and we'll show it. Yeah, no, it's all money. It all boils down to money. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he submitted his film MOG Redux to the 2012 festival. It was not accepted because Sundance had prior knowledge of an unmanageable volume of films received and not, and did not reject or return submission fees to consumers whose films were not evaluated. And he's like, I believe Sundance is guilty of consumer fraud and theft. Fair point, because there's another article that I found that also kind of delves into this too. Sundance, what you doing? If you're not going to accept it, don't like Unless it's in part of the contract or whatever agreement when they send it, if you have them, like, agree to that, then that's fine taking their money. But, you know, they're struggling people. It's not like they can afford all these things. They have a set money set aside for promotions and all the festivals and shit. Why are you screwing them over? You can easily afford shit. Quit being money-hungry mongrels. Jesus Christ. 
So let's see. According to the statements released by Sundance, so they're, you know, whipping back. They're having a, a tweet argument, a Twitter argument, I should say, back and forth. Only it's not through Twitter, it's through legal things. But the festival received um, 4,042 feature length film submissions and 7,675 short film submissions in 2012. Um, Abnadi estimates that would require over 10,500 hours of film watching, which he states could not have been done in the official submission period of August 15th through December 31st because, because of this, Abnadi or however, we're going to call him Abs. <laughs> Abs is seeking the return of his submission fee, which is $100 due to the fact that it was a late submission. Oh, and an undisclosed amount of punitive damages that are to be paid to the Los Angeles mission. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a little controversy thing brought up by, you know, good old Phantom. He helped me find it because it's really hard to find shit that's interesting about Sundance that we could find in a short, short, by short, I mean yesterday and today amount of time while working on other shit. So, yeah, that's crazy. Why are they accepting so much? And... There has to be a clause or something. $100 really isn't that bad. I was thinking it was going to be way more money, which that would suck. I mean, $100 still sucks if you can't afford it because you're struggling director and film crew or whatever. But shit happens. Now, let's go into another one, shall we? All right. Now, this is from... This year, no, last year, forget it's 2023 now. <laughs> so this is from a article in January of last year. So Sundance is accused of theft. Again, they just like, you know, being thievey thieves. All right. So the film festival um, during the Omicron variant crisis for the second year in a row, organizers decided at the risk factors to be too great for doing an in-person festival that only 15 days before it was scheduled to start, they alerted all the people that had the tickets and stuff that already paid for everything that it would be an online event only. Um, <laughs> so now, you know, that really sucks. After deciding it would be online only um, and other complications. Now all the ticket holders that were accusing Sundance of theft and false advertising because they didn't get their money back. Basically, tickets gone on sale December of 2021 for a hybrid event, which was some online and some actually social. The attendees were required to be fully vaccinated, taste, tasted, don't taste it, test negative for COVID, and comply with mask protocol, which, as we know, a lot of y'all think you're too good for it, or they think it doesn't matter, which is fine, but still fucking wear a mask or don't go. 
Just saying. Um, knowing the risks involved, eager filmgoers purchased packages that included several tickets to screenings and some costing as much as $750 U.S. money. That's crazy. I wouldn't pay that, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so then the ticket sells launched and promised buyers a rewarding experience. This is what Tabitha Jackson the Sundance Film Fest or the Sundance Festival director had said. Um, the 2022 festival is not a return f to form, but rather something new, adventurous and entirely true to our spirits of accessible discovery and that bound to feel slightly changing as we try to prepare for every eventuality. Uh, it was frustrating for those the events that had to go to the digital when people wanted to see them in person. Um, but then it just turned to anger when the ticket holders discovered that refunds would not be given to those who had spent the money to attend the event in person. So the ones that were in person originally, they bought the package and then they're like, ha, ah, just kidding. It's going to be online. Um, and those people are like, I don't want to do it online. I want to see it in person. If that's not happening, give me my money back. And they're like, nah, we're not going to do that. Instead of just refunding their money, they, they're like, whoa, do we have an opportunity for you? You can either, one, gift your packages to others, friends, family, or whoever, or... Turn the money you spent into a tax-deductible donation to the Sundance Film Institute itself. Let that sink in there for a moment. Instead of giving these people that probably work real hard for their money and just want to see a good film in person and don't, for whatever means or reason, want to suddenly see it online, why don't you just give them their money back for that? It's not that hard. Instead, you're like, oh, we're going to keep it so you can either just let someone use it or we're just going to take it as a donation. That's not a donation. You didn't actively donate anything. You purchased something. <laughs> so, <laughs> an email was sent to those who inquired about getting their money back. And this is what the email said. Are y'all ready for this? At the time of purchase, all products were noted as non-refundable on the ticketing page and in the terms and conditions. We are not able to give refunds on non-refundable products. Fair point, fair point, but that's still fucked up. I mean, at least they could just be like tough shit and you just don't get anything back. So, I mean, they're kind of working with you, but still... Like, just do partial refund because it's an unforeseen circumstance. Maybe because the circumstance is slightly different than just your normal everyday, like, oh, I'm sick, I suddenly can't go. It's like, oh, the world is sick. People are dying. <laughs> I'm coughing up five lungs, you know? Like, it's a different circumstance, so I wonder if there's a clause in there somewhere, like, legally, in the form. There's Edie barking. Um, if... There would be a loophole or, I mean, they got all the lawyers in the world, so it's probably all covered. But it's like, what if there was a loophole or something like that? Can, that 
you can get around it because it's a world crisis epidemic thing or pandemic-y thing instead, you know? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't fully tweak it. Or did they? I don't know. I need to see these contracts and I need a lawyer so we can go over things and see if it's like completely legit or if there is a way to weasel your money out. Or at least a partial return because it was an unforeseen circumstance. It wasn't your typical. There's a funny tweet in this article. <laughs> La Barbarian was like, oh man, this is some funny tweets. So I'm going to redo these tweets too. So Laura Barbarian on Twitter at Suplorn. <laughs> <laughs> this this hurts so much. Y'all don't understand. I don't even want to go to Sundance anymore when things are normal. Because at Sundance Fest, you broke my heart. So this is the main reply that at Suplorin said on Twitter. Sorry to go full Karen, but y'all. Quote unquote, sorry you want your money back since you aren't getting what you've expected that's too bad. Your options are shutting up, giving the ticket to a friend, or donating it to us because we're non-profit at Sundance Fest. Y'all know this ain't fair. And there's like a whole big, oh. She even did a screenshot. She or he, whoever, did a screenshot of the ticket. The ticket thing. Spicy. <laughs> the package was not sold for only in-person or online at the time of purchase. All products were noted as non-refundable in the ticketing page and in the terms and conditions. We are not able to give refunds on non-refundable products. Oh, that's the reply. Ooh, read more. So, <laughs> after that ballooned up, you know, people went, of course, onto social media and, you know, had a frenzy about that because they're frustrated and they got fucked. Understandable. <laughs> it's not the first swindling by a festival for those of you who have watched documentaries and this is a good point. Thanks to independentaustralia.net. We love you, Australia. Anyways, yeah, they happen to, you know, just like bring up a name of the fire festival, the fraudulent fire festival. So at the Fire Festival, like, there were people that had paid for the most expensive packages for this fancy festival that would be bigger than Coachella and shit. And um, the packages were claiming that the price was far too steep to be watching films at home and missing out on social, on a social element. So basically, they're like, dude, what the hell? Why are we paying all this money and we're missing out on it all? So it's like, that makes sense. I feel that they should find something to cover that. But, you know, I don't, I didn't read the contracts. I only know some business law. <laughs> so basically, they outraged to the festival organizers having cheated the people by offering a product on which they couldn't deliver. Just upset everyone. Twitter was going crazy. Everywhere, I'm sure, not just Twitter. Um, it's unclear how many tickets they sold that year, but according to Sundance Institute in 2021, the online version event saw a record number of sales. I probably could have watched stuff then, but I just didn't care. 
I don't know what cool movies look cool until they come out later after they've already been at Sundance because I'm not hipping with it, apparently. Ooh, there was one lady. Rachel Wagner was one of the many stung by um, Sundance's refusal to issue refunds. She spent $400 expecting to attend films in person and was angry and felt betrayed. After supporting the festival passionately since 2016. Wow. So, yeah. This is just big and spicy. Thanks, Zach. I will link these articles because they're kind of fun to read. But, yeah. So, basically, because of Omicron. <laughs> Sundance should have prepared and put in a thing. And I don't know if, again, legally... Because they've got all the lawyers, so they probably have their asses covered up, up to their navel. I don't know. But, like, if you have that package and you know the pandemic's very wishy-washy and can get worse, why don't you put in the closet if it gets worse? Like, we can do this or that, or you can have a partial whatever. Or put it in big, bold letters that this is what you're getting, and if you don't agree to the full thing... You're going to lose out on money. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so there's some, some controversy on uh, good old Sundance. Not very many. I looked for murders. <laughs> They're just, I couldn't find any cool murders. Couldn't find any cool robberies. Couldn't find any cool heistings. Just the money thieving. And you know, a gross diddler. But one thing I did come across, and it's in this year's film festival, is a movie when you, when I just Googled murder, murder link to Sundance Film Festival. So murder and big horn. I really want to see this now that I know it exists because this kind of ties in with our missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Um, yeah, so it's like just... It's a documentary that examines the circumstances surrounding um, many cases that are told through the perspectives of Native families and whatnot of, you know, the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Like, all the Native American women in Montana is where this one's from. Which is very important, and again, I can't stress this enough, and I'm going to be all serious here, but first... Park City. It's been a while since you guys needed a drink, so hydrate. Drink. Park City, Park City, Park City. Anyways. Oh. Or did it come out last year? What the fuck? It says 2023 Film Festival. Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, so it might be there now. I don't know. I don't go to these things, but I want to try. I want to watch this documentary, really. Yeah, this year. Yep. Okay, so everyone go see Murder and Bighorn. Spread the word. Get the knowledge out. Because there are so many natives, like native women and girls just end up missing and murdered. So many. It is at an alarming and ridiculous rate. And we covered just the light beginning of a series that we're going to randomly do throughout. Because you guys need to be reminded constantly of shit that happens on all these cases of missing, missing and murdered people that are not solved. And it's not just here in America. Canada has it really bad, too. There's like, what do they call that road? The Red Road or Lonely Road? The Road of Tears. Yeah. 
So, you know, we're coming for you Canada up there too. We're going to cover you all. So if you guys have any cases that you, it, it doesn't even have to be the missing and murdered indigenous woman, but we really want to get, help you guys out and get the word out. And the only way we can do that is by lighting a little fire, a little fire, get a little like dry brush and let it spread like crazy. So, you know, we want to start that. We want to ignite that. Not many people are talking about that. We want your cases. Even if it's not that, if you have a missing persons case or a murder case that you want us to get out there, we're going to be serious. We're not going to always joke around. You know, this shit, all of it's serious. A lot of the time we just joke because it's serious and that's one way to go about things is through humor. But we know when to not just be funny. Like, and I'm very passionate about this. I want to get everyone's case out there. Everyone is important. I don't give a shit. Even if I hate you and something happens to you and your your case goes unsolved, I want to help. It's only right. As a human to another human, I may joke about hating humans, but injustices aren't cool at all. So yeah, everyone go see uh, Murder and Bighorn about that and yeah support them we need to get the word out for so many things and we're all just so ignorant so so yeah that one's pretty cool I'm gonna check it out and we're gonna actually coming up in the next month or two we're gonna have another missing murdered indigenous women and girls episode where we're gonna actually cover a case or two like in depth to get the word out there because shit needs to happen all right there we go little kitty cats and banana hammock wearing monkeys so there's my take on the sundance film festival (laughs) i hope you enjoyed this very awkward and long tangent ride wow i did a long one just on my own how weird 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 all right yeah so what are your thoughts on Sundance we want to hear like in our Facebook group let's discuss it on our Instagram through Twitter you know let's hear this like what movies are you excited to see it doesn't even have to be about but if you know any controversies on them so we could pull up next year that'd be great too but yeah we want to hear we want to know like your opinion because your opinion matters to us Because we're all just a group of friends gossiping. And that's why I am here not being able to pronounce names and just calling everyone a diddler. Park City, take a drink. (laughs) So, Kira. Yes, Kira. What's on your playlist for this week? Well, as I stated earlier, because of the old concerts they used to have at Harrios during Sundance that I could not get into because I was micro. Um, Blondie is the first one. Dreaming. It's a good poppy song. Yeah, I mean, I like their other songs too. It's kind of poppy, but it's fun. Um, Number two, Snoop Dogg. Who am I? What's my name? Snoop Doggy. Yep, we all know that song. Number three, I'm going to go with New Year's Day. I'm about to break you. Yep, because I'm sure a lot of the Patreons definitely wanted to break them after not getting their money back. Um, number four, 
we gotta go with Ice Nine Kills. Welcome to Horrorwood. It's more bad than good. <laughs> Love that song. They put out a they put out a music video recently for that song. It's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. A number five because I had to end with this song. I don't know what it's called because they didn't label it. But Nick Offerman and Megan Megan M <laughs> do a song about the Sundance Film Festival and it's pretty funny. They talk about a lot of weed. <laughs> I think pussy and weed. I think so. I can't remember. But it's fun. So YouTube it. That's where I found it. So yeah, on that lighter note. Ooh, oh, oh, wait, just kidding. I added a number six on, you know, for to end on an even number. Um, System of a Down, Lost in Hollywood. <laughs> That's why I was listening to System of a Down. It started there and then it spiraled in Ariel. All right, our silver. I'm very lispy today. Sorry. I'm lispy and my eye looks droopy and weird. And I'm not wearing pants, everyone. I'm free in the knee. I could really just walk around in my underwear right now if I wanted to. Nobody's home. But I'm not. I'm wearing shorts. You're welcome. Well, Howard, the ghost in the office, you know. You're welcome, Howard. The skinwalker I'm sitting on probably doesn't want me to wear pants, but I'm not. I'm wearing shorts. Sorry, still kind of covered. <laughs> Anyways, this week's Silver Fox is, you know him from quite a few different bands, but the most popular one is the old school Guns N' Roses. Fuck no, I'm not talking about Axl Rose. I'm talking about Slash. So, Slash, he is hot he is very talented, and who else can get away with that giant hat and those glasses for a million years? It's his signature. I've even read his autobiography. It's pretty interesting. Then I can't remember where that book went. Hmm. I think I gave it to Eric. No, I lent it. Eric, you better give me my slash autobiography book back. That was, what, ten years ago? <laughs> Do you even have my book anymore, you bastard? Fine. Keep it. I didn't even sign it. It's not even popular. You suck. It's not even popular. Yeah. So Slash, you're very talented with your fingers, and I'm sure in more ways than just on the guitar. <laughs> but we love you. You're a badass. I'm sure you get plenty of ladies throwing themselves at you, even now, because you have aged well, my friend. You look pretty much the same, only slightly different. From what we could tell because you hide behind your hair and sunglasses and giant hat. But, you know, that's your thing and we're digging it. <laughs> With that, Slash, you're talented and I'm sure you have beautiful eyes that we've only seen a few times. We love you. We like to take our locals and, you know, give them some love. So, you know, if you're a local designer or artist be it musical or other, you know, we want to be on the show and spread the word to our 25 listeners. No, I'm just kidding. We have way more than that. <laughs> Still fun to joke about. 
But yeah, we would love to have you guys on the show. If you want your business to be shown some love, like we absolutely, I mean, anyone's business, absolutely. If we love you, we're going to give you some love on online. Not only online, but, you know, on this thing so you can hear us. But also, you know, we definitely want to support our locals because locals matter. Locals always matter when big chain corporations just go crazy. You know, got to support those little people. (laughs) If you would like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or or Twitter. Or Twitter. Twitter us. (laughs) Tweet us. Uh, Go to 801-HORROR-CULT-C-C-U-L-T. Or you can also email us, which would be killer, Mm at 801-HORROR-CULT-VIX. At Gmail. So 801-H-O-R-R-O-R-C-U-L-T-V-I-X <laughs> at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us your stories. We we will totally tell those stories because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to hear that? You can hear our version of your story. Yes. It, it will, will be, be real weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people do listeners' tales? We'll be like, we're going to put a spin on yes. your tale. <laughs> this will be our version of your tale. We'll be like the... The modern art of your day. Yes. Artistic Um, expressions. It'll be beautiful. Also, follow us, subscribe, and rate us. A good rating, please. Please be kind. Yeah. Rewind. We want, like, two more listeners. It would be lovely if there were at least two. (laughs) Yeah, at least two more. We'll get there. Marcy will show you her boobies. (laughs) (laughs) And Kira will show you her anti-pentabies. That being said, my plaid-clad cult, because Marcy's not here, so you're all just a part of my cult, because this is the Awkward Files with Kira at Japan. What are we talking about next week? We are going to finish the Idaho series. Idaho, we still coming for you. We just, Marcy ate some bad potatoes? I don't know. Marcy got into a fight with a giant roided-out potato, and like they were brawling there was like mashed potato goodness and marcy hair everywhere it's weird she's probably gonna have to wear a wig when i see her this week for recording sad marcy i hope you're not bald okay i hope you showed that roided out potato all of your fury (laughs) so world we love you Thanks for sticking out another solo Kira episode. I'm so sorry. 